Meet documentary filmmaker Julie Ackeret. Her latest film, G is for Gun, is a must-see for anyone invested in finding solutions for the safety of U.S. school children. In this interview, Julie offers deeply honest insight into making a film about gun safety in schools, as well as what she sees as a crisis in the public education system and the middle class that is running from it. Can you give us just a kind of an overview of, of what this film portrays and deals with? Absolutely. I guess the film description would be G is for Gun, The Arming of Teachers in America. It's a half an hour documentary, which looks at both sides of a controversial decision to arm teachers in the town of Sydney, Ohio. At this point, the film has been broadcast on PBS in Ohio in March 2018, and it will be broadcast in May in Western Mass on WGBY. And we just found out yesterday, we're very excited about this, that the PBS World Channel has accepted the film for national distribution. So that is really a big deal for us. And they'll likely have a small push to get the film seen in June, but then there'll be a big push in the fall when school starts up again uh, to start broadcasting it basically all around the United States. So we're really happy about that. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And just so we have a clean baseline for listeners, what would you say as the filmmaker is the is the chief aim of the film? I think that from the start, we knew we wanted to make a film that looked at both sides of the issue, uh, regardless of what we as individuals might feel about the topic. The goal was really to present both sides of the guns in schools debate respectfully. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, how hard is that for you to be objective as a filmmaker in such a heated issue at this time and place in our just our poli- yeah, our political process? Absolutely, um, it's very strange being called a traitor by mm. your own tribe because you're basically trying to facilitate a conversation on a controversial topic. I had people who joked around after one of our screenings who said. I guess you own a gun now. Uh, A friend of mine said, let's see your NRA membership card. Mm. I mean, they were kidding, but they were really surprised at how even-handed we were in our, you know, depiction of this, of what happened in this one town. And from the start, as I said, our stance was, you know, not to comment, just to document the issue. And it made us really unpopular. There are a lot of anti-gun films coming out. You know, Katie Couric, Under the Gun, uh, Kim Schneider made a film called Newtown. And people love those films. They did well on TV. They did well in distribution and film festivals. And we had terrible trouble getting this film funded. I mean, it's only a half an hour film, and it took us three and a half years to make this. Mm. Um, I mean, I was working on other films at the time. But, yeah, we went to all the usual suspects, Sundance, Chicken and Egg, The Left Foundation, and they all wanted more of a narrative voice and a very specific perspective, uh, a liberal perspective. One funder who gave us money asked us not to thank them in the credits. They said they wanted to support us, but they didn't want other funding agencies to know that they had supported us. Mm. Um, because, you know, we fell outside what most progressive funding agencies see as the you know typical agenda for a social documentary. So even yeah. even in the face of a lot of 
stern opposition towards the approach you took. Why did you feel so strongly about doing it this way rather than just sort of adopting a liberal narrative and, and maybe getting more support and a broader reach? I feel like at this point they might kick me out of Northampton because the more I think about this issue and a lot of issues that are very controversial, the more I feel like I'm, I'm getting more conservative in my old age. But there's this huge divide. You know, the red states, they resent the blue states who they see as like coastal elites who are disrespectful of faith and national issues. And the blue states say that the red states lack diversity in education, uh, deplorables, as Hillary Clinton called them. And I like Hillary and I voted for her, but she made a huge mistake by calling middle America deplorable. And I think that there are times, this is gonna sound <laughs> like heresy to you, but I think that there are times where the difference between the alt-left and the alt-right is hard for me to find, you know, because one side seems hateful and the other side seems elitist, but both sides can be very intolerant. And, you know, they don't need Trump to build a wall because they're doing it themselves. I think that, you know, deep down, while we might never be rid of guns completely, most people I met as we were working on this film would agree to all kinds of gun regulations from background checks to waiting periods on purchasing guns to banning assault weapons, which could make a huge difference. And at some point, you know, people have to sort of come to the table and come to some kind of a compromise. And it sounds like we, I, I'm sure most people in this country are in some way really for the safety of humans and especially in this case, children, school children. Nobody's like right. fighting over the need that's at hand here. It's the strategy that is so divided. And I think that, you know, depending on what state you're in, having guns in schools is either a very big deal or a complete non-issue. You know, like states like Wyoming and Texas, where there's a really strong gun culture, a lot of hunting, a lot of farms, you know, they still have riflery programs in schools. So having guns in schools is seen as easy, practical, and cheap way to improve your security. Whereas in states like Massachusetts and New York, you talk about guns in schools and they look at you like you've got two heads. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, now not only are they giving guns to teachers, but at the University of Texas in Austin, two years ago, they started allowing concealed carry professors and students. So students can carry their guns to any place on campus except for sporting events. Hmm. And I, I mean, so some professors didn't mind. Some professors quit because they thought it was dangerous. And others started changing their coursework so it wouldn't be confrontational. <laughs> yeah, so taking these steps of bringing guns into schools, whether it's teachers with guns or now students with guns, it really changes everything, including how and like what gets taught. So I think that we need to be very, very careful about these decisions. Right. So one thing I was going to ask you, as, as you know, is who needs to see this film the most? Three months ago, before Parkland, I'd say that only a small handful of people knew what an AR-15 was. Now pretty much everyone knows that an AR-15 is an assault rifle. Guns have made their way into schools and into public spaces like malls and parks, movie theaters. So I would say, I think 
everyone needs to see this film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why should people see it? Because it's an issue that is really not going to go away. School shootings are on the rise. And people should see it because we live in a democracy where we can vote people in or out of office if we don't agree with their policies and their views. But we have to be clear about what the issues are and what the options are. We interviewed three scholars for this film. Catherine Newman from UMass Amherst, Ken Saltman, I think he's from UMass Dartmouth, and Brian Warnick from Ohio State, who gave us some insight on why these shootings are happening. Catherine Newman, she's the provost at um, at UMass Amherst, and she wrote a book called Rampage, which looked at two school shootings in Kentucky and Arkansas that happened a number of years ago. And she, what she really wanted to find out was why, why are kids shooting kids? In many cases, the shooters have profound psychological problems to begin with. They're manic depressive. Some of them are schizophrenic. Virtually all of them are suicidal. You start with a person who's already at a huge disadvantage. You add to that that these kids don't fit into the mainstream groups and they're bullied and they feel alienated. They have no power. They shoot for revenge because they've been bullied, but also to prove that they are someone, that they exist. And then it's so tragic and ironic because then they kill themselves. As an aside, in Canada, when TV and newspapers stopped publishing the names of school shooters, the incidence of school shootings actually went down, which I thought was fascinating. Then there are the schools. So schools play a part in not keeping track of information about troubled kids and sharing that info in constructive ways. Now, I totally think you don't want to label kids at an early age when it may just be a phase that they're going through or that they'll grow out of. But in many of these cases of these school shooters, they had all kinds of problems in elementary school. They took them to middle school. They took them to high school. And the teachers just had no idea because the records got lost. And so there was no way for teachers and administrators to know that certain kids might need some extra attention. And then the community, Catherine Newman found that the closeness in some of these rural communities can actually work as a disadvantage, that it actually restrains neighbors from sharing information about one another's kids because they don't want to appear like gossips or because they're afraid of offending them. So, you know, they're all different things that go into it. I think that one of the really big picture problems is, is that America's middle class, that we're leaving our public schools and they're falling apart. The founders of the United States said something to the effect of an ignorant people cannot remain a free people and that democracy cannot survive too much ignorance. And, you know, John Dewey talks about how the states created public schools so each child would get a chance to escape from the limitations of a social group that they might be born into and come in contact with a broader environment. And I think parents are putting their kids into private and charter schools at a higher rate than ever because public schools are overcrowded and they're losing funding for important extracurriculars like, you know, all the arts and sports. And I think that without the input and resources of many middle-class families, I think that our public schools are becoming like dumping grounds for the poor. 
we need to keep our public schools strong because they really are the bedrock of our democracy. It's the one thing that every kid gets, you know, the only thing that might give certain kids a shot at a better life. And so let's make them good. We'll be helping to create an educated population. The other thing is we, you know, we need to be part of schools so we can be aware of these important decisions that are being made around school security. So like one of the big takeaways, I think, from the film has to do with transparency. A.J. Wagner, who's a member of the Ohio Board of Education, basically explains how the decision to arm teachers in many schools is not shared with the parents until it's a done deal. If at all, mm-hmm. you know, some schools are arming teachers and parents really have no idea. Community has no idea. That was surprising um, to me. Yeah. So, you know, the pros and cons of guns in schools, it's a really, really big question. But another is who exactly is making this decision? And I think that, you know, we want it to be local community members and parents, not five people on a school board in an executive session, which is basically a closed session. We live in a democracy and important decisions need to be decided on by communities as a whole. So in your subtopic here of um, the importance of public school participation, uh, especially from the middle class and people with more resource, you're saying that actually education aside, that the, the community input of a public school system can create more resource and potential better outcomes for students? I think that is very true. I think that is very true. And I think that we all sort of need to be involved on a very grassroots level. I love that you've established this grand statement of, you know, the support of the public school and and the public school being the cornerstone of community. I'm interested to, to know, um, across this whole con- this whole topic, in the making of, of G is for Gun, did you learn anything that has since broadened your understanding of any of these issues? One of the things that surprised me was that there's this industry that's popping up around merchandise. <laughs> there's a place called Bullet Blockers, which is um, a Massachusetts-based company, And they manufacture everything from bulletproof notebook covers and backpacks for students to bulletproof briefcases and jackets. I think they said they even made like a bulletproof suit for Obama. Anyways, they gave us a tour and explained how after Virginia Tech, the founder of the company who had young kids, he got scared about his kids going to school and wanted to do something to protect them. So he came up with this idea to make a bulletproof backpack. It's actually, it's a regular backpack that has this, I think it's like a Kevlar insert. And they explained, you know, if the active shooter is behind you, you tell the child to wear the backpack, you know, on his back or on her back. And if the active shooter's in front of you, wear the backpack in your front. The idea of being a parent and having to explain this to your kid, it just blew me away. Yeah, do you remember as a in your school experience? Do you remember having those fire drills? Those yeah, those yeah. would be those would be a little you know a little activating for the nervous system. Can you imagine this? 
Absolutely. And now they have Alice training. And so Alice training is alert, lockdown, uh, inform, counter and evacuate. So it's basically a plan of action in case there's an active shooter in the school. You know, some schools in the South have kids bring canned food in and they're told to throw the can at the bad guy who might come into their school with a gun. Really? Like, at what age do you tell these kids how to do this stuff? And and then the other part of Alice training for little kids is to teach them how to run in a zigzag so they'll be harder to shoot. Oh, my. I'm all for being prepared, but I feel like it has to be very age appropriate. And, you know, if you're going to teach kindergartners or first graders to run in a zigzag, maybe you don't want to tell them why. Maybe you just want to say, you know, once we evacuate the building, we're going to run in this funny little pattern. Because if I had been in first grade and had been told to run in a zigzag because somebody was trying to shoot me, I would be afraid to go to school. Mm -hmm. You have to balance out the cautionary measures with, you know, what will happen to kids if they're too frightened about a very unlikely school shooting. In continuing with this question, did you uncover any of your own blind spots in making this film? There are things that that were upsetting to me that I found out in terms of like mental health in schools, Mm -hmm. like as we were talking to social workers and psychologists and right now the ratio of school counselors to students is around like one to 500. Um, is that a national is, average or Ohio? That's a national average, which is wow. abysmal. And so I think they say that it should be, ideally it's one to 250. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't know how they can say that that's ideal because that seems ridiculous. As I said before, like 80% of the school shooters are suicidal. So if if we could find some way to destigmatize seeking mental health, I think that that would be really good for all these kids who are having who are having trouble and nope. and don't really know what to do. Yeah. Well, I would say as, you know, I just want to offer as a a licensed mental health worker myself for 10 years, I I think it's really important when people are talking about the gun control issue, that they're they're not just, first of all, scapegoating, quote unquote, mental illness. You know, one of the other things that I really wanted to say is that I think that there's there's a lot to be said. There's other types of security that we can foster in schools, you know, other than guns. Brian Warnick from Ohio State talks about He mentions this in the film about, you know, how we need smaller schools, smaller classes where teachers and students can, you know, spend more time together. They get to know each other. They build a sense of trust because in these circumstances, it's much less likely that there's going to be violence. Every kid needs to feel that they're valued in some way. And, you know, these kids that become shooters, as I said before, they've been left behind in every imaginable way. Mm -hmm. One thing that Catherine Newman, who wrote the book on Rampage, talks about, yeah, she talks about something she calls leavening social capital, um, social capital being like interpersonal relationships, and that towns that are high in social capital and low in geographic mobility 
are hard on kids who don't fit in because there's no exit for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they see themselves as losers with no way out. And so having one teacher who reaches out to a kid that they see as having a hard time really can make just a huge difference. Yeah. And bullying, right? We know that bullying is still a huge problem and a huge source of depression. And now with social media, bullying is around the clock. Mm-hmm. And kids are so tied to their phones for approval. They almost can't survive without that constant approval through social media. And then, as we said before, mental health in schools, it's terrible. There just there aren't enough counselors, there aren't enough psychologists. And now we'll finally get to the gun part of this. And this is not about getting rid of the Second Amendment. It's about like very sensible gun control. Or, as some people are calling it, gun safety. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that the majority of Americans are really in favor of gun reform. I found the statistic the other day that said 75% of people in America uh, favor more gun control measures, such as, you know, increasing the age limit for buying guns, background checks, and getting rid of bump stocks. And 59% of Americans are against arming teachers. I think that in states where they're considering arming teachers, which is now about 25, I'm hoping that this film could facilitate a conversation about the topic. I really want people to think about how do we as a society make a space for ideas that we don't want to hear about? How do we enter a discussion with an open mind on guns in schools? It sounds like what you're hoping your film will play as a small part in um, being a bridge rather than a wall between people, between groups of people, between fear, hate, uh, and hopefully it is a significant positive force for people to uh, be able to just kind of sit at the same table and start to make progress. We don't really know where it's going to go because I think so many of us feel the hopelessness and or at least the starkness of division Right, And hopefully your film, and, and I will say personally, I've seen it. It's fantastic. Anybody who's interested in just an, an objective, really interesting look at um, this issue from the perspective of the everyday educator and administrator in middle America, right? It's Ohio, <laughs> which is, right. I, I think, That's great right. that you chose that. It's middle America, quote yes. unquote. Well, Julie Ackerett director, producer of G is for Gun, and and many other really interesting, relevant documentary films. This film will be found where exactly, Julie? It'll be available through Bullfrog Films, which is a film distributor in Pennsylvania, and it will be broadcast on the World Channel through a program called Local USA, and that will start in June, and then it will pick up again in September. Thank you so much for joining me and um, for all the work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for your interest.